our church and for us individually about how we can unlock brand new doors in our life. And those doors particularly, the two doors that we talked about, there's more doors obviously, but the two doors particularly that we talked about were our doors of provision and doors of promotion. Everyone say provision. Everyone say promotion. And we talked about the two keys that would unlock those two doors is one, having a dominion mindset, really going after things, believing that there's authority and call of God on you to pursue the promises of God on your life, going for it, but also balancing that with cultivating a humble heart. And so we, we, we looked into the Word and we saw how they were two specific keys that God uses in people's lives to then, you know, give permission to open doors of new opportunities. So that was an exciting word last Sunday. And uh, so I want to kind of bring that all to a conclusion because next Sunday we're finishing off January with a, a special treat, someone who hasn't preached so far this year. So we'll announce that at the end of the service and obviously we'll open up the cafe and have complimentary lunch as usual. Uh, but we want to get into the word and the word today, I think we've got it up on the screen is it is now. Everyone say it is now. Okay. All right. So it is now. And it is now. This message is about making the most of your time in 2017 to take uh, a hold of the opportunities that God would want to present to you. And so we're going to look at some key principles around one of my uh, kind of a subject in my life that I have a love-hate relationship with. And that subject is time management. Now, this is not going to be a time management seminar style presentation or word. It's going to be uh, going into some principles to do with the Bible. Uh, But we were thinking about this year, In fact, we were thinking about what kind of courses we wanted to do midweek. We have a ministry called Forever Life that we run on Wednesdays midweek. And uh, this year, we're going to let you know we're going to be running four uh, particular courses. I wanted one of them to be around time management, but then the Lord kind of put uh, these other ones in priority for us. We might be able to get something in in terms of one of the courses, and I'll share that in a second. But I just want to share this with you to build some expectation. Uh, What we love about this house is we value teaching. And so when it comes to Forever Life, we're going to be doing a specific course on how to get into the Word of God and how to understand the Word of God and use the Word of God as a weapon of warfare in your life. Who thinks that that's important? Good. So it's one of the courses we're going to run. We'll give you more information later uh, as, we, as we know more about what that's going to look like and when we're going to hold it. Then we're going to be doing a course on parenting. We're going to be doing a course on, on how to raise our kids in a good, healthy way through godly principles. And so that's one of the courses we feel to do. Last year, we did a course on marriage. Uh, we did a course on finances. I think we did a course on just how to develop your world. And so we're going to do something different this year. A third course we want to do through the Forever Life Ministry midweek at church here is one on looking at godly principles on how to really build a career or a business or some type of a marketplace calling. And so we're going to look at that. And then the fourth uh, kind of course, uh, those those kind of three that I've just nominated will kind of go for three Wednesdays. We'll run them for three Wednesdays. Uh, The last one is going to go for six Wednesdays. Uh, weeks, and it's actually going to be a, a healthy living course, looking at, again, biblical principles. But what we're going to do is we're going to have the first part of that evening actually as a workout session with our, uh, our, our PT that we're connected with in the marketplace. Her name is Wynn. For the, who here, put up your hand if you've ever done the, the six-week boot camps uh, at Forever House. Wow, there's only five of you here. Most of you must be still recovering. All right. Uh, so uh, they're pretty tough, but we're going we're gonna to balance that in 
and uh, we're going to have a workout kind of for the first hour, and the second hour is going to be specific teaching on, on living well and, and uh, having a healthy lifestyle. Uh, one of my um, good friends in Brisbane, you probably know him, he's my brother-in-law, Ben Windle. Uh, I was pleased to see a message that he's recently brought to his church on healthy living, and I thought he had a really good insight. And he said, so much we pray and believe for healing, but what about the principles where we, where we actually try to have, having to even avoid needing healing, and what, what are we actually doing with our body? How are we eating? and are we working out and all those types of things. So it's one thing to believe God for healing. It's a whole other level of wisdom to actually put things in place so you don't even need healing, amen? Now, we know that sometimes people need healing. It's not their fault or whatever, but I think sometimes, you know, the condition of our lives physically actually can mirror the conditions of our lives spiritually because sometimes when we lack discipline with what we're eating or how we're living and then we have to cry out for healing, well, it sometimes shows maybe there's a lack of discipline spiritually as well. So I thought that was a really good insight and I love that about his, his, his words his speaking. And so we're going to uh, we're going to kind of uh, leverage off that and, and do a course here. It's going to kind of run with a similar theme, but that's going to be in September. We want to make sure you've come out of hibernation of winter, where maybe you've eaten an extra couple of donuts when you shouldn't have. And springtime is always a perfect time to kind of be motivated to get healthy and fit again. Who believes that? Good. So I just wanted to whet your appetite a little bit. That's just one of the ministries that we're going to be launching afresh for 2017. And so I look out for more specific insights into the dates of those courses so you can participate. Awesome. All right. So this word, it is now, uh, is really about looking at how you can you take advantage of all the opportunities. So I want to start with a scripture here in John chapter 11, verse 17. And I want to start with this because I felt that this first piece of Scripture is going to bring a piece of revelation that will help to tie the previous two messages around letting go of our failures and making sure that we let go of our grudges as well, and also uh, having a dominion mindset and having a humble heart and being able to now kind of merge that with this word around now it is time or it is now. And uh, what I love about this particular story is we're going to look at it in a second, is that it looks at comparing the different kind of, I suppose, mindsets around looking at your past and looking at your future and also looking at your present. Everyone say your past. Everyone say your future. Everyone say your present. And so let's read John chapter 11, verse 17. It's the story. Uh, this is a part of Scripture where Lazarus uh, ha- is, is dying. He dies. Jesus gets to him uh, what many people would have thought too late. And then it's a story of Jesus actually declaring and and saying, come out of uh, the grave. And Lazarus rises again and comes out and is healthy. So we're not going to go in the whole story, but there's this piece, verse 17. So it says, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary excuse me, who were the two sisters of Lazarus, in their loss. Verse 20, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha then said to Jesus, and this is the key uh, kind of verse that I want to look at. Martha said to Jesus, the first part is verse 21, the second part is verse 22. Martha said this to Jesus, Lord, if you only had been here, if you only had been here, Then she says, my brother would not have died. And then she says, but even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. What is she doing here? Well, there's three parts. She's saying, Lord, if only you had been here. 
If only this had happened. If only that had happened. If only you just made it a little bit earlier. What is she doing right there? She's reflecting on the past. She's having a moment saying, I wish it could have been this way. I wish it would have been this way. If only this had happened, then maybe, you know, something might be different. And how true you and I, sometimes when we appropriate time, do we spend too much time thinking that way? Thinking about the past, thinking about what could have been, or maybe thinking how amazing the past was and it's, it was way better than what it is now. And sometimes we have a mindset where we dwell too much in the past and it prevents us from being in an ability to go, you know what, it's now. And being able to have a faith uh, kind of a focus around it is now and seeing what will God do in my now because I'm too focused thinking about what didn't happen or what could have happened. Then straight away, she then goes to the next part of her sentence, which actually shifts away from focusing on what could have been and then kind of making a comment or thinking about what will be. And she says this, my brother would not have died, as in the future would have been different. He would be alive. I wish my future was like this. And it's got a sense of worry about it. My brother would not have died. And sometimes, again, not only do we think too much about the past and what could have been or what should have been, or I should have been, I should be doing this by now. I I should have broken through here now. If only this had happened. If only this hadn't happened. And because we get distracted in our thought life and our heart focus around the past, we miss out on the now factor. And also, sometimes we come over here and it's like, oh, well, if the future could be like this, and what if it's not like that, and, and what, what, what's it going to turn out like, and what if I don't do this, and what if I'm not able to achieve this, or what if God doesn't come through for me? And we can also spend too much time worrying and being anxious about the future. And there's these two zones where sometimes we focus too much in. And then we miss our now. We miss what God's doing now. We miss the opportunity to take advantage of what things are around us now. But in this sentence, Martha, even though she reflects on the past, because sometimes we have to do it, even though she kind of thinks about the future, she also makes a faith statement that helps to activate the now. And she says, but, everyone say but. But. Even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask, which means even now I know that you can perform a miracle. Even now, I I know now that you can come through. So even though the past wasn't perfect, even though the future doesn't seem like it's great, or I'm worried about it, or I'm anxious about it, you know what, God? I'm going to activate my now by activating my faith and declaring, God, you can move now. Is there anyone here that's awake this morning? You can activate now through your positioning of your faith. Let me throw out a challenge. How much time in your world do you focus on your past? How much time do you focus on your future? Now, you know what? Wisdom says sometimes we can learn from the past, but we can overdo it and live there and swim there. Sometimes it's good to plan ahead and, and, and have foresight and, and, and think about the future. Not just have a one-year plan, but get an, kind of an insight of maybe a 10-year vision. Hey, there's wisdom there, but sometimes we can actually live too much in the future. And living in dreamland or worrying about what will be or what won't be. And we don't actually position ourselves to activate our now with faith because God says He's a God of now. Let me kind of finish this last bit. The beautiful thing is after verse 22, but even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. 
God wants to give you affirmation, confirmation, confidence that God is interested in your present. Is God interested in your past? Well, actually, we've already learned, forget your failures. We can, make, we can learn lessons, but let go of the stronghold of hanging on to the past because it can be a weight that will weigh you down and limit you. Yes, sometimes we think about the future and God wants us to cast vision, but don't be fearful and worried about the future because God wants to say your greatest opportunity this year is to become more activated, more present, more focused on your now because you worship a God that is a God of now, that a God can move now, that it can perform miracles now, that it can open doors now now, that it can bring promotion now, that it can bring promises now, that it can bring prosperity now. It is now, God is saying to us. It's, it's having this attitude this year of even now, I believe, doesn't matter what's gone on or what I think may happen, even now, I believe God can still do something. It is now. Having that attitude positions you and I in that place of faith where God can partner with you and then he can move. I've talked about this before, but Jesus himself could not perform miracles, the Bible teaches, in his own home. Why? Because there was a lack of faith for the power of God to move. God is pleased when you're a person of faith because he can then partner with you and he can move. Who knows that? When Jesus himself could not perform miracles, it was because of the familiarity to the people. They didn't actually kind of have that faith expectation that, oh, he's just a carpenter. He can't, he can't heal people. He can't, you know, heal the blind. He can't raise people from the dead. He, he, he can't turn water into wine. I mean, he's just a carpenter. Even think about the people in their mind when they were thinking about Jesus and his hometown. They would apply probably the two things, but not the middle thing. They would have applied, you know what? Well, we knew Jesus when he was just a carpenter and he never performed miracles and we didn't, we didn't really see him as very special. And I mean, this Jesus guy, I mean, his future, I mean, it's not going to be that great. I mean, who, it affected the now. Don't label God just as a then God, only living in the past. Oh, that's when then God did this and then God did that and that was great. Don't label God just as a then God. Don't label God just as a when God. Oh, well, when God, one day, only living in the future. Step into the understanding that your God is a now God. God also operates in your now, in your present. So the past, Philippians 3.13 Brothers, I do not consider that I made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting, 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 forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Sometimes we're stuck in the past. We tend to live there. Break that off in this season. The future. Some are stuck in the future. Preparing, planning, worrying for the things ahead, but too much. In James 4, 13 to 14, it says, now listen. You who say today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know the times. So again, it's encouraging. Don't be too much into over-focusing on the future to the point where you think you've got it all worked out because God sometimes wants to bring some good curveballs. He wants to open some doors that may be not on your five-year plan. And if you're too focused on the future or you're too focused on the past, you'll miss the opportunity of the door that's standing right in front of you that God wants to open. 
And as an activation, before I kind of get into the specific principles around time, I wanted to do an activation right now. And this is the key thought as we activate. I'm going to, in a minute, get everyone to stand. We're just going to pray. I believe the Lord wants to just break something off our lives. And that's just any kind of lingering of these things around worrying for the future or living in the past. God wants us to be way more present and focused on our, on our now than we ever have before. And I believe that. So I want to activate that in a second. But this is my last key thought before we do that. And that is this. When you cling to a God that is now, your past is forgiven, your present is powerful, and your future is all taken care of. Let me read that again. When you cling to a God that is now, when you know your God is into the now, when he's into you being uh, hearing the voice of the Lord now, when you ask the Lord daily, what's the will today? Where am I going today? What am I doing today? God, I want to open my ear to hear your voice. Lord, I want to be a prophetic person who's being led by the Holy Spirit day in, day out. I'm not, not talking about silly things where, you know, what color pencil should I buy from the supermarket? I'm talking about just understanding that you're tapping into a God that maybe, just maybe, has something in your pathway that day that's not in your calendar and he's going to say hey open your ear and be open to the fact that you need to be present you need to be now you need to be led by the Holy Spirit you need to be on the cutting edge of the prophetic right now because there may be a door that I want to open to you today that's not in your calendar that you haven't planned for that you haven't even prayed for but it's a door that has to open to lead to another door I want to share this story with you just 18 months ago I was doing a, a, a sales training day in Sydney. And uh, before the day started, I didn't know this, but there was another kind of a trainer there. And uh, from a, just a, you know, everyday kind of scenario, if you kind of, you know, when I was introduced to this guy, the reality is that this guy was kind of like a competitor to me. I didn't know that the client had bought this other trainer in. He kind of trained on, on similar things. And he, he was an entrepreneur and he, he, was, uh, he was younger than me. He was more successful than me. He was from the UK. He had a cool accent. And so as I'm shaking his hand and it's about, you know, 45 minutes before we start, I'm shaking his hand and his name's Dave. And, and I'm hearing all about Dave and how I didn't know that he was going to be training today. And I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think... Oh, you know, sometimes when this happened before, um, you know, the client decided to work more with that guy than me. So what if this guy's better than me? And then I started to worry about, well, what if I don't get future work? And, and, and the door is not going to open um, because this guy's going to be better than me. And then the door's going to close on this client. And, and I was expecting more work for the rest of this year. And can I tell you, those thoughts started to hit my mind. It was like, oh, this happened kind of similar before. And what if it happens again and I won't get more work? And I heard the Lord say, be quiet, (laughs) as in in your head, and listen to me. Listen to me, Brad. And can I tell you, you know how sometimes it doesn't happen to me every day, but this was a moment where the Lord on the inside was literally shaking me and I was standing in front of this guy. So it wasn't physically shaking. I'm standing in front of this guy and the Lord is shaking me on the inside. He said, Brad, Stop your little self-talk and listen to me. And he said this, I want you to just greet this guy. Don't see him as a competitor. Be warm. Be intelligent. And I want you to hand him your business card. Now, you've got to understand, you don't usually hand your business card to someone who's like a competitor in the marketplace. You hand your business card to someone who's a prospective client, but you don't usually hand out your business card to someone who's a, you know, an obvious competitor because then they kind of you know, check you out on your website and get a feel for your content. And this is not usually the wise thing to do. 
So I'm thinking, God, what are you talking about? Why would I give this guy my business card? I'll be polite, but what's the deal? He said, shh, give him your business card. So I gave him my business card. And uh, during the day, he did a little bit of training, but I did most of the training. And he sat in and he watched all of the training. I'm thinking, oh, okay, God. (laughs) Anyway, I get this email from this guy that I didn't actually see for about four weeks because we were changing email systems and it was the old email that was on my business card and we had issues with this email and it wasn't clicking through and forwarding to our other email and the automation wasn't working. So anyway, I get this other email from this guy four weeks after he sent me another email to my other email and uh, he's saying, oh, I sent you an email, you haven't replied, um, I need to talk to you. I'm like, okay. And so I call this guy and he goes, hey, this is what's happened. I just need you to know that um, I'm no longer doing my thing. I've actually just kind of let, letting someone else kind of do it, some strategic partners. And I'm, I'm really keen now to, rather than kind of consult with this client that you also consult with, I'm actually just being employed by them to take over all of the sales and marketing focus for EMEA, which stands for Europe, Middle East, Africa. And I was so impressed with your training. I want to organize a conference call with you and the HR director of EMEA because we want to get you over to London. We want you to train and change our team. We need your help. I'm like, okay. So anyway, that all happened. And uh, as most of you know, I think I, was in, I went to London three times last year. Uh, last year in November, we ended up doing a, the, the EMEA conference from Spain. Anyway, get this. Just this week... I get another phone call from this guy. And he says, guess what's just happened? I said, I don't know. What's happened? He goes, well, the current MD um, kind of got moved on. They've got this big global CEO that kind of comes in. And uh, he's, he's like a change agent. And he's kind of moved this MD on. Uh, MD on and, you know, the MD of EMEA. And there's a whole other story around that. We won't get into that. And he goes, and I've just been um, promoted from sales and marketing director to actually the commercial director for all of EMEA. Not only that, but I've got dotted lines to Asia to me and America, which means, Brad, what we have to do is we have to get you to come back to London and do more training. Then we have to send you to Hong Kong to work with our whole Asia team. Then we have to send you to Los Angeles to work with our America team. And one thing you didn't even realize is I hadn't mentioned this, is that I'm also already doing work with all the Australian New Zealand team in Sydney. So this all came from being present. Can I tell you this? I could have missed out on that opportunity. Because if I tapped into my past and kind of worried about my future, my own human heart would have said, you know what, be nice this guy, but maybe keep the boundaries because he's a competitor. I, wanna, I just want to share that story because I, I want to activate this new kind of lease in life about the importance of being present and being in the now and making sure that you're tapping into the Holy Spirit on a daily basis because God wants to open doors for you and I. This is a season of promotion. This is a season of provision. And the Lord is wanting to position us in front of doors. But, everyone say but, we have to be present, church, because sometimes our old thinking will keep us blind to what's actually in front of us 
day to day and us focusing on worrying about the future will sometimes give us a mindset that also causes us blind. Everyone just stand. Let's just activate this. Father, we declare, Lord, this morning, Lord, upon your people, Lord, it is a new day. And Father, we thank you, Lord, by faith. I want you to just lift your hands in this place. By faith, Lord, we activate, Lord, a new focus of being present people. Lord, being in the moment with you, being led by your Holy Spirit, being led by your word on the inside of us. Lord, we are prophetic people. Lord, open our ears in a greater measure to hear your voice. You are the master shepherd. You are guiding us into new pastures. Lord, new doors of opportunity to open, fresh provision, fresh promotion, oh God. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you love us so much that you want to see us do well this year. You want to see us go to a new level. You want to see us break through. So, Father, today, right now, Lord, in this place, we break off the shackles of the past. We break off the old thinking. We break off those thoughts that would try to hinder us and think uh, kind of less of ourselves. Father, we break off the worry and the fear and the anxiety about the future. We break off those negative focuses about what's to come. And Father, we cement in a fresh way, Lord, through your power, through your anointing and through your word. Lord, we declare and we decree, Lord, you are a now God. You are a present God. You move in the now. You move in the today. And Lord, we declare this is a new day and we are moving with you and we're going to be present. And Lord, doors of opportunity are going to open to us in this year. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Let's give God a clap offering. Just take a seat. Maybe high five someone. Awesome. So to finish that off, we're learning to live in the present. It is now. Don't waste time worrying about the future. Don't waste time regretting the past. You only have each moment as it comes. So make the most of each moment. When you worry about the future or regret the past, you are wasting the present. Amen. Awesome. All right. Let's go a little bit deeper now. Thank you, Lord. What a encourage you to turn to a scripture in Ephesians. So Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17. And now that we've got that overall focus around being more present, let's have a look at some principles around how we can best maximize our time and be good stewards of our time this year. As the Lord leads us and guides us. Ephesians 5 verse 15 to 17 says this. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. What a great scripture. What a great scripture encouraging us to be switched on, encouraging us to be discerning, to be in the moment, to be present, to be aware of what's going around us and to take advantage of the opportunities, but also to know that they are likely to be distractions because these days are evil days, meaning there's things that will come, the Bible says, to try and steal, kill and destroy the anointing. On your life. What is the anointing? We teach a lot here. Practically, the anointing uh, is not just a feeling of goosebumps. It doesn't just come upon you to make you feel nice. The anointing is the enabling power of God 
for you to get things done, for you to be appointed at a set time, for doors to open, for your gifts and your callings to be empowered by the very power of God itself. The anointing of God is a precious and a beautiful thing. And there are times when we may be distracted to make choices, not using good focus of our time, where we could have been pressing into God or investing into something that the Lord had put on our heart. And so we want to look at these principles to make the most of your time. The Bible says here in Ephesians 5 that it is a mark of wisdom. Everyone say mark. It's a mark of wisdom if you can make the best use of time. So to not, not to live unwise, but live wise. Do not be foolish. And so I want to kind of give you two, two key words here when we look at these principles. I want you to write this down for me. How do we get wise with our time? How do we get better at managing our time in terms of being switched on to see the God opportunities. The first word I want you to write down is analyze. As in, we've got to get good at analyzing our time, getting good at analyzing how do we currently use our time? What kind of habits do we have around time? Are there big kind of moments in our life where we waste a lot of time? Uh, Where exactly are we using time and how can we better improve taking opportunities uh, that are before us? So the word is analyze. The second word we're going to look at is prioritize. Analyze and prioritize. So the first one, analyze. The first thing is to look carefully at how you live. What eats up most of your time? And when I say eats up, as in what's the thing that, you know, like a leech, just sucks your time? Is there anything that you know sometimes can just be a big leech of your time? And it's wisdom to analyze it, to identify it so that you can start to do something about it. If you want to save time, you need to figure out Where are you losing it first? Find out what I call the time leaks. Identify the time wasters. So let's now look at some scripture here. So when we talk about analyze, I want to talk about a a particular principle. And that is, the Bible says that your days are numbered. So therefore, number your days. And it says this in Psalm chapter 90 verse 12. So Psalm chapter 90 verse 12 says this, teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So, as with all limited resources, this is teaching us that we need to treat time with care to make it count. Your days are numbered, so number your days. You don't have all the time in the world. Most people are on the planet for 80 years, some less, some a bit more. Your days... Are numbered. Well, the first sign of wisdom is to know that you're not, uh, you know, you're not void of dying. All right. Now, this is that's as morbid as going to get. Okay. This is a faith message. Amen. All right. <laughs> but a part of wisdom is not walking around thinking I'm just, you know, I've, you know, life's just, you know, endless. It's not. And uh, you know, for those folk who are a little bit younger than me here today, can I tell you sometimes, uh, you know, that can be a little bit of a thing when you're, when you're on the young side, you think, you know, you've just got the whole world in front of you. Well, can I tell you, when you blink your eyes, you're 10 years older, and then you blink your eyes again, you're another 10 years older, and you blink your eyes again, another t- time flies. That's why a lot of parents, when they've got young children, you know, time flies. They blink their eyes, and it's Christmas after Christmas, and then their kids are in school, and they're out of school, and then it's just, whoa, what happened to the time? So wisdom says that we have to be good at actually counting our days, Uh, because our days are numbered. 
And so there's a, there's a principle here. So it says, there are, only, there are only so many hours in the day and only so many days in your life. And because of that, we need to get better at managing our time. So Psalm 139, another scripture, Psalm 139, 16 says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So God mapped out all of the days. He's given you a, a resource called time. How are you going with managing that resource? Because it's so precious. He mapped out, when he planned your life, the time frame of which you're going to be here. He's given you a resource to walk out your life, to walk out your mission, to walk out your purpose, to walk out your calling. How are you going in managing that resource? Each of us only gets a certain amount of time on this earth, and that time is ordained by God. So it's precious. And so the Bible teaches you to view your life as brief and quickly passing. Your days are numbered, so number your days. David writes in Psalm 39.4, Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. King David declared that, sung that song to the Lord. Singing to the Lord, let me know, God, the days of my life, so that I may have the revelation of how fleeting my life is, how precious it is, but how quick it goes. See, that, to have that attitude is wisdom, because then in a fresh way, you know that time counts, that days count, that weeks count, that months count. So the first one, the first principle is analyze. Everyone say analyze. The second principle is prioritize. And let's have a look at a couple of another principles and go into the word. In terms of prioritize, the first principle I want to share is there is a time for everything, so manage your time well. I love this scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. It says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. So there is a right time and a right season for everything. We just need the wisdom to match the right activities with the right times. And that's where prioritizing is important. Let's go a little bit deeper into this. Let's, let's look at some principles about how can we be better at prior, prioritizing. Everyone write this down. First, first key principle on prioritizing in 2017. Seek God's kingdom first so you can understand the Lord's will. Another way of saying that is be positioned to be pointing true north. Have your compass aligned. We know the scripture in Matthew talks about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, being aligned to the Lord. So this begins with prayer and the word of God and making sure your priorities line up with God's priorities. Some people spend their whole life climbing the ladder, the achievement ladder, the corporate ladder, the goals ladder. And then at the end of their life, because it's so fleeting, they realize the ladder is leaning on the wrong side of the wall. You get to this destination that's 
not that fulfilling. And that's why I talked about last week, hey, it's great to have a dominion mindset and to be a goal person and to go, go, go. But you've got to humble your heart, cultivate a heart of humility. So you're always putting God first. So he keeps guiding you and leading you where you might need to adjust. Because as human beings, we could be go-getters, but sometimes we're off course. And if we don't readjust with our master shepherd and realign, we can be achieving and achieving and achieving, get to an end of the season and actually have no fulfillment from everything we've achieved because we're lacking alignment to the guide of the Holy Spirit. Who believes that? Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So you need to make sure, let's simplify this. You need to make sure the tasks on your calendar line up with God's overall purpose for your life. So a couple of questions to think about. Are you loving God and serving others? Are you working hard to provide for your family? Are you getting adequate rest and exercise? Come on now. Do you make personal time each day for the word of God and prayer? This is prioritizing. Do you worship regularly with your church family on a weekly basis? Prioritizing. Come on now. Who believes this is good? <laughs> good. I'm glad. <laughs> Let me see if I can find that little... Ah, beautiful. Keep going here, and then I want to share something with you. Second principle about prioritizing is find God's balance in your time. So we said seek first God's kingdom, but find God's balance in your time. So we also need to be careful that we do not import, import our cultural values on how we perceive good time management. For example, your culture may teach you that to be really good at time management, it's all about productivity, 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 productivity. Right? And so if you go, oh, I've got to prioritize my time. I'm going to get this, 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 this done. And I'm going to get this, 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 this done. And that's being a good steward of my time because I'm, I'm, I'm productive, I'm productive, I'm productive, I'm productive. Be careful you don't import your cultural what the values that your culture teaches you on good time management. Because, yes, productivity is important when managing your time. But also there are other cultures that say spending quality time with your family and your friends is a great way to manage your time. Oh, did anyone get that? See, sometimes our culture says that if you're really good at your time management, you're kicking all these goals and you're sacrificing quality time with some people because you're just going to achieve and you're highly productive. But be careful because when we align to the Word of God, God wants balance. So being very good at managing your time is also making sure it, that it's not just about productivity, but it's balanced. There is a time to work hard, and there is a time to rest, and there is a time to focus on projects, and then there is a time to focus on people. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, it says, God has made everything beautiful in its time. Watch this. Everything is beautiful when you're in the present moment. Your children are beautiful when you're spending time with them in that moment. And I'm preaching to myself. And you've got to put that phone away. Zara gets annoyed with me if we're playing playtime and I'm looking at my phone. Oh, she'll be the quickest one to put me in my place. She goes, Daddy! Yes? Looking at your phone. Like, oh, am I? 
Yes, we're playing dolls. <laughs> Being in the now. The Bible here is saying when you're in the now, everything's beautiful. See, when you're present, everything's beautiful. When you're kind of thinking, if you're in this moment, but you're thinking about the past, you're thinking about the future, you're worrying about this, you can't beautify this moment. So if you're overly into productivity and task focus and you're having a Sunday roast with your family after you go to church, amen. <laughs> having Sunday roast with your family, but you're too busy thinking about that boardroom meeting on Monday that you can't even be in conversation and be in the moment with your family, then that moment with your family won't be precious, it won't be beautiful. And then you'll constantly be thinking, oh, it's just something I have to do, tick the box, because I'm really focused on being productive for that goal that I've got Monday morning. Bible warns not to be like that. Find balance. Let's highlight this a little bit more. Let's activate this, but I'm going to get you to just to sit down. We're going to activate this a little bit differently. Suppose you have a bank account. I wonder if everyone will think about this. Suppose you have a bank account, and every morning at 6 a.m., the bank deposits $86,400 into your account. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> Who likes this idea? <laughs> so the one requirement, though, is that you have to spend it all that day. Yeah. You cannot leave it for the next day. And at night, when you go to bed, any money left will be taken away. What would you do? You'll spend every cent, wouldn't you? You'll find a way to use up everything. Why waste it? And this is exactly what God does with you every 24 hours. He gives you 86,400 seconds. God says you can use this any way you want to use it. But at the end of the day, any that's unused or misused or you didn't use, you lose. be gone for good. You're never going to get it back. Interesting, isn't it? Just to take a moment to activate your heart with this analogy and just to, just to take a moment out of the busyness of life and just to reflect in a healthy way. Hey, how precious am I seeing my time that God has given me? Someone computed this, that if you live, catch this, if you live to be 70 years of age, you will spend 23 years sleeping. You will spend 17 years working. Not actually 17 years, but like the actual time you're working, because obviously you tend to work longer than 17 years. But 17 actual years working. You'll spend 11 years of your life watching television, A lot of tennis. <laughs> Marathon five-setters. You'll spend six years of your life traveling in a car, bus, train, or plane. You'll spend six years of your life eating. You'll spend two years of your life getting ready, except for women, it's 19 years. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say it. <laughs> Can you... 
you can send me a private text message with uh, your issues with my preaching after this <laughs> later. <laughs> and if you're a Christian going to church, you'll spend one year in church. Yeah. Only one year in total in church. Not if you're a leader. <laughs> Who said that? Oh, Cherie, we need to put you into the deliverance room. Where's the deliverance room? One year. Yeah, that's better. Let's get some balance here, Cherie, if you're a pastor. Byron, you and I need to have coffee. <laughs> I'm just joking. It's all good. Right? Just thinking about it. Let's just come to this point. I'm going to actually ask our, our musos to come. And I want to finish this message with a time of ministry. I'm going to ask Greg and Julie. So we're going to have um, Byron's going to play and Greg and Julie, amazing ministers, they ministered powerfully on the, f- the first Sunday. And I'm going to ask them to feel like you're this whole theme of time and the last three Sundays, Lord put on my heart that we should have just a time of prophetic ministry, just ministering, allowing the Lord to lead and um, having some ministry time. As we prepare for that, I just want to finish with that challenge around time. And around your life in this season. This whole message about it is now. It is now. So, three things I want to finish with. And then I'm going to hand it over to Greg and Julie. And we're just going to let the Holy Spirit lead as they minister. It is now the time where you do have to stop being best friends with your past. It is now the time where you've got to determine that this is your moment to stop worrying in an unhealthy way about the future. And it is now the time to see your time that God has given you as an absolute precious resource. Hear the Lord saying this, that He's sharpening us. He's sharpening us. He's aligning us. Recalibrating us. The Lord's saying, it is now. It is now for you. And I want to leave with this. I'm going to get Greg and Julie to minister is, I can't wait to hear the testimonies of what God's going to do in your life. I know by faith in advance that we're going to hear great stories of promotion, great stories of provision, 
the Lord keeps reminding us that multiple words have been prophesied over this house that people in this house will have their own houses. Expect, be present, be sharpened, be aligned, be in faith. Okay? Who's with me? Awesome. Let's first just give the Lord a clap offering as we finish the message. Ask Greg and Julie to come. this is going to be a year where you're going to experience even more of God than you have in the past. I feel like there's been such a foundation that you have laid down and God has seen the things that you have had to give up. He's seen the things that you've had to sow, even the secret things, the time that you've even been spent in that, the presence of Him. God says, I love that. I know your heart. And the Lord says, get ready for this season. It's going to be an incredible season. I feel like God is doing an incredible work in, in you and around you. And I feel like there's going to be some really um, key network um, people that you're going to network with and also that you are going to input into. And I feel like this is going to be sort of a reciprocation. It's like as you give of what you have they give what they they have into your life and i feel like that's going to be a it's going to be a mutual thing that that there's going to be a growth that will come on both sides and god says i have partnered you together with dallas and i even feel that is going to be part of 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 that as well where you know the one completes each other and i feel like there's going to be even a greater working together in this, I feel like there's been some areas where there's been a little bit of a, um, a hesitation in some parts. But the Lord says, I'm going to give you even that, that sense that this is God and it's time to launch out into the deep. God says, I'm increasing your faith to believe those very things that I've even put into your heart. And God says, I know what they are because I put them there those dreams, those aspirations, those things that you've had and held so close. God says, it's time now. As Pastor Brad was talking about, it's time. It's now. This is going to be that time. And God says, I'm going to give you that perfect precision timing. God says, watch for it, wait for it, and it'll be exactly in my time. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I hear the Lord saying, even as you have given me time and you have allowed me to mold you and shape me, as Pastor Sarah was talking about this morning, that potter with the clay. And, and uh, you know, there's been some times where you've sort of, you haven't rebelled, but you've said, God, you know, what is going on? There's like, but, but you know, it's like you are that putty, that clay in his hands. And you've allowed him to deal with you and, and, and to smooth off those rough edges. And you are already amazed at what you see and others are amazed at what you see. But God is saying that this is not the finished product. God has got so much more. And you know, because you've allowed him to continue to work in your life. 
and some of those unproductive areas. God says, I haven't finished with them. They're going to be so productive that there's going to be, there's going to be much fruit that is going to come from your life. And God says, don't judge the future by what you see even here now. Because God says it's going to be much better, much brighter. And I hear the Lord saying, it's time now to build for the future. It's time now to push some, some boundaries, the good boundaries. You know, those things that are trying to hold you back. God says it's time now to extend the tent pegs, push back some of these things that are trying to hold you back. For God says, you are a giant killer. You are a giant slayer. You've seen it in the past. And God says, I want you to remember the past victories. Because God says, they're going to continue on. Thank you, Lord, for His faith. Thank you, Lord, for His trust. Thank you for His love in you. That's going to continue on and grow and multiply this year. Byron, I hear the Lord saying, son, this is going to be a year like no other. And it's going to be a year where you can look back and you say, God, you achieved so much. You accomplished so much. And God says, yes, but I'm also looking at you and saying, look at you. Look at what you've achieved. And it's not in a prideful way, but you've allowed your life. You laid down your life. You said, Lord, here I am. As for me and my household, Lord, we serve you. We give you all the time. And, and, uh, and I hear the Lord saying, don't try and allow the enemy to tell you you're giving too much time to the church. You're giving too much time to God. You're not having enough time for you or Cherie. God is saying, son, I've got a good balance. Don't allow the enemy to rob and to steal. God is saying, son, this is going to be a season where I'm going to give you greater authority and greater anointing. There's a greater, uh, even that gift of discernment to know. Like the sons of Issachar knew the times and the seasons. God is saying, you're going to know times and you're going to know seasons. Others are going to come around and you're going to have even words to speak into their life. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and perfect timing of these words into their lives. So God says, I'm activating that prophetic anointing to a whole new level. And it's not just going to be words. They even see upon the instruments that you play. It's just going to prophesy. And sometimes there's going to be no words even mentioned or uttered. But God says that prophetic anointing is going to do its job. You are a prophetic minstrel. God says, I'm multiplying things this year. Exponential, I hear the Lord say. Exponential. But God says, I want you to listen and I want you to hear. And it's going to be again in my perfect timing. And you'll know exactly when that right time is. Because be with you and Cherie, it's just that we're not doing anything unless we both agree together. Because that's where the oneness is. That's where the strength is. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Mom and dad, I hear the Lord saying, son and daughter, I have not put you out to pasture. 
you have not retired. And sometimes you think, well, what are we good for and what, what can we do? And God is saying, son and daughter, you can do much and you can accomplish much. You can achieve much. You've got so much to give. There's so much in your wells that you have dug for the Lord. And God is saying, I'm now uncap- uncapping them right now. It seems like the enemy has been trying to rob and steal. And he's trying to cap these wells that of, of, of revelation, of of. Uh, of uh, just blessing of just encouragement all these wells that you have inside and so God is saying this is going to be a year where you're going to again you're going to look back and say man what was going on what was happening and God is in and at work in your lives and so the Lord says I want to break off every restriction right now that the enemy has spoken to you and he's trying to hold you back at every at everything right now. Father, we speak to the enemy and we say, back off. Back off. These are gods. Lord, I thank you today that you lead them and you guide them. And Father, there's going to be those divine, divine times, Lord, that you're going to be able to get them to speak and to minister and just to, to be there as friends. But God, even now, let those, those wells be uncapped and let it be poured out, Father, right now. As you have poured it in, Lord, let there be no container. Let it just overflow everywhere they go. And we thank you, Father, for the favor that you have. God says, you have my favor. You have my favor. So, Lord, we pray for your protection upon their lives. We thank you for health and healing right now. We thank you, Father, that nothing is ever too difficult for you, that there is no other name, no other name. Jesus has healed. Jesus is the healer. By your stripes, Jesus, they are healed. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You guys here, you guys married? Hallelujah. What's your name? Chris and Shelley. We bless Chris and Shelley. I just see, boy, there is just so much anointing. There's so much of God's glory over you guys. This is a year where you're going to show off His glory. This is a year where He's going to show you guys off. And it's, again, it's not in a prideful way. It's not, look at us. It's, it's in a way that as you walk, as you work, as you just do the things that God has got you to do, you guys shine. You are like the lighthouse on a hill that God is showing you off. God is again causing people to be drawn to you. I feel like there's going to be many that you lead to the Lord this year. There's going to be many that you are going to show off God's glory and show off God's God's goodness and going to show off God in, in other ways as you go into the workplace, as you just do your job. And, and you know, there's going to be so many that just come up and there's something about you. I just got to talk to you. I just got to. And there's going to be others, uh, son, that, that others are going to come to you and this is going to pour out. These young guys and older guys are going to pour out upon you and they're going to say, I don't know why I'm doing this. I've never told anyone this uh, before. 
but you know it's the anointing that you carry, that they see something in you. They see an answer in you. And God says, son, you have the answers. And you're going to minister that to them. And you're going to know what it is to say to them. And sometimes it's not going to be up ahead that you're going to have all the answers. It's going to be right at that personal time, right at that perfect time, right at the time where it's like they're pouring this out and you're saying, God, what's going on here? But you're allowing the Spirit of God inside of you, the Holy Spirit, to minister to these ones. And you're going to be amazed sometimes at at what you've said and what comes out and what even transpires. And and you're going to give all the the glory to God. Daughter, I just see, again, as a strong prophetic anointing upon you, dreams and visions. God is showing you so much in the way, dreams and visions. And God is going to start to show you even more and give you more of an understanding, more details that's going to start to flow. Not just about stuff, but about even personal things. Family. There's something about the family. You guys represent the family. And there's going to be many that you're going to be able to minister even into broken lives and broken families. And those ones you're going to speak into, even before their families break, you're going to give them wisdom. Not just hindsight and wisdom because you've gone through things, but, but, but revelation of what God is wanting, what God is doing, how to do things, individual things detailed things and that's going to come from the dreams and from visions but it's also going to come because you guys have got that walk with God that you shine His glory wherever you go you brighten rooms people notice when you walk in or they walk in thank you Lord hallelujah thank you God I've forgotten your names though Troy Hmm. God is saying, son and daughter, you are not forgotten. You are not left behind. You are not even behind my time. Sometimes you think, well, God, we've, we've missed the boat. We're, you know, things, are, things were going really good, but see, what happened? Something happened. But God is saying, son and daughter, you are in the right place at the right time. And the Lord says, don't allow distractions don't allow the things that have happened in the past to stop you from entering in what I've got for God says son and daughter you have got a great time ahead of you and it's not going to be well yeah when we get there when but God says this is going to be this year you're going to start to see things turning around I'm breaking off even now the spirit of delay. It seemed to be around about you. It seems like everything has been delayed. It's been pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. But God is saying no longer is that going to be the case. For God says you're going to be in my perfect timing and you're going to start to see the blessing starting to overtake and overtake. And and it seems like everything is starting to catch up. (laughs) Things like you are so far behind, but now you're catching up. You're not just catching up. You're now going ahead. God says, I've given you revelation and understanding, son, that, that, that you, you can see things ahead. You can see things. You, can, you understand a lot more. That's not just in the natural realm. It's a supernatural realm where you're starting to see a lot more. And God's going to give you a lot more clarity in those areas. 
And daughter, I just see it's like, you know, that, 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 uh, that prophetic prayer warrior. That you get in there and you pray and you pray. There's nothing more precious to you. I mean, you've got that relationship with God. But there's nothing more precious than to your husband and your family. You're, you're one that you will protect. You're that, like that mother hen will protect the, the, the chicks and everything like that from the, the enemy. You're that type of person. And God says, I've given you that gritty determination. And the Lord says, daughter, because of your prayers, you will start to see those things, the very things that you have been praying. You're going to see them. The very things that you've been believing God for, for your children, you will see them. Your prayers have availed much because there's a right standing in you. Hallelujah. You have resisted the enemy and he has fleed. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Get ready. I see like business connections. There's business connections that some of these things you felt like, well, we didn't really get that. But God says it's not finished until I say it's finished. It's not dead until I say it's buried. God says there's some things that, that will come from the past, but there's also things I've got from the future as well that you're going to start to see in the way of business and finance and um, even that financial flow. The, the money where it's going to come through different ways and different different ways than you thought even yeah you're going to start to expand your mind right now don't expect the finances to come through the same ways that have had, have happened in the past hallelujah thank you Lord
from you today. Lord, I break this thing of the past off her right now. It is not hers. It doesn't belong to her. And now, Lord, I thank you. She's going to call and stand and be the woman of God you've called her to be, to be that leader, to be that one that will stand and speak your words with your authority. Sheree, they're not your words. They're God's word. And it's who God created you to be. And the Lord says you'll never find that complete happiness unless you be who I've called you to be. And Lord says, now you're coming to season to be happy about, yep, this is who I am. This is who God's called me to be. And the Lord says, as that's released upon you, God says there's going to be a greater joy, a greater flow. But beyond that, so many lives are going to be set free from the anointing that God has given you. You're anointed to lead. Father, I thank you. Release that mantle right now today. Father, where the enemy's tried to talk out of it, where he's even tried to bring things back to, I thank you today. It is finished. 2017 is a year. She'll walk in her mantle from you, Father God, with a boldness and a confidence in Jesus' name. Miracles will be your point. You know, God put miracles in your hand as well. There's nothing more than you delight is seeing when you pray for someone and they're set free. And when you pray for someone and see a different, you love that. It excites you. And God says it excites you because it's your portion. Now, Lord says, step out, pray, believe, lay hands on people. And Lord says, this is your year to see the signs, wonders, and miracles. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Cornelia and Salada. Father, I thank you for them. Father, I thank you. You know, I feel like 2016 was a year of shaking for you. You know that. You've sensed that. God shook a lot of things. And I feel like, but God said, I hear him saying, the shaking was good. It might have felt good at the time, but it was good because the Lord said, I've really shown you what's in your foundation. I've shown you where you fit. I've shown you where you belong. I've shown you so many things. The Lord says, a lot of things I feel like you come together, you knew a way, you followed God, you've gone hard after God, but a lot of things were added to you both that weren't really you. They were just added to you, and even though they were good and you did them, but they weren't you. And the Lord says, even in this last year, I've shaken those things that were man-added or perhaps you added yourself just to feel as though, well, okay, we'll do this because we can. But Lord says, now, God says, I've firmed up your foundation. And Lord says, 2017 is a year of building and building strong. The Lord says, you're going to begin to see the, the breakthrough in situations and things you've been believed for. But Lord says, more than anything, I feel like it's a year where you're going to know God's voice even greater. Not that you haven't in the past, but it's going to be a great knowing the Lord's voice. And the Lord says, even ones that haven't seen you for a season are going to look at you too and see the difference and see uh, the change and the maturity upon your life. So the Lord says, get ready for this year. God said, last year was foundation. Now God says, I'm beginning to build and I'm building strong. And the Lord says, your hearts are to embrace many. And that's the heart you have. And the Lord said, there's going to be many who come into the kingdom through you guys. But the Lord says, I feel like God is saying to you, it's going to be uh, even that word that Pastor Brad had about being in the now. The Lord says, I'm going to give you those words right now that will bring connections. Your hearts are to see people coming to the kingdom. The Lord says, in the past, you've gone with a formula and a system, 
and while it's seen something, it hasn't really seen the, the long end result. But Lord says now you're going to walk in that divine now time where we'll see the miraculous. We'll be the right person at the right time. You'll have the right word and you'll see the right. You'll see them come into the kingdom. You'll see them last to come into the kingdom. But God says more than anything, you'll have the anointing and what they need for that season. Now, Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you for their business, for their family. Lord, I thank you that this is a year of breakthrough for them. And Lord, I thank you. You know, I hear the Lord say, He loves your zeal and He loves your passion. And God says, don't look at the power. Well, we could have, should have. You know, I feel like that word was so much for you today. Don't look at that and think, well, we could have done this and we could have done that. No, now. God said, it's all been learning. It's all been learning. And God said, it doesn't matter. God said, you've been willing to have a go. And God says, a lot of it, the past stuff, even though some things didn't work out, they've taught you valuable lessons that you couldn't have learned unless you'd gone through that. So Lord, right now, I thank you for the healing. I thank you for joy. I thank you, Lord, for the release. You know, there's going to be, I feel like this year, God says, a year of such joy. You know, it's been busy, busy doing this, doing that. And God says, now, that now time of just enjoying, laughing, having that time where you're just not thinking about what we've got to be doing this and what's behind this. I see a spread you're just going to be able to relax and enjoy right now. We're doing this. We're having this time. And this is great. Lord, I thank you right now for your blessings upon their life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Shanata, right up there, way, way, working. Father, I thank you for her. And Lord, I thank you. Father, for your anointing upon her life. I feel like it's a year of favor for you, Shanada. Such a year of favor. God says, my favor and my hand is upon you. You've sensed that there's a stirring inside of you. You know, the Lord is doing something. And it's almost like you wake up each day and you're already expecting it to happen. That's how you feel. You so know that it's God. You're expecting it. It's, you know, it's like you, you check here and you check there and you're like, some Something's going to happen. And Lord says, that's right. God says, I'm preparing you. Something is. God says, I'm opening a door of opportunity for you. And God says, it's because you've been faithful. And the Lord says, daughter, I know your greatest desires. I know your heart. And the Lord says, I haven't forgotten them. But God says, you trust me with that. And God says, I've got everything in my hand. And the Lord says, I'm ordering your footsteps. And the Lord says, this is a year you've even determined in your heart. Lord, I'm I'm not going to stress. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to draw near to you. And God says, you've made a good decision to draw closer to me. Because the Lord said, in the past, you sort of here, there, and everywhere. But you said, God, I want to draw closer to you because I trust you with everything that I need. And the Lord said, this will be a season where you'll know the voice of God like never before. You'll know him like you've never known him before. And the Lord says, out of that, you'll have a greater influence upon others. Because the Lord says, as you draw even closer to me. I'm going to speak to you about others. I'm going to show you things about others. And Lord says, you'll know just even as like as um, Pastor Brad was sharing, God said to you, I want you to be quiet and do this and this. Lord says, you're going to have that ability right at a place, right at a moment to hear the voice of God and know the direction and what he wants you to say and what he wants you to do with the people that you encounter. So Lord, I thank you for that anointing upon her life. It's increasing and the favor upon her life, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you. Um, just the other thing I really felt this morning um, in my in prayer time when I was with the Lord is I felt the Lord, it's interesting what Pastor Brad talked about, um, was a releasing an anointing for holidays. Okay, for, for va- and as Pastor Brad talked, one of the important things too is to have vacation. Come on. It's important to have holidays and you need to believe God for that. And whatever your level of holiday is, it's a getting away, having that time together, having time as family or as a couple, it's important to be able to do that. But if you never believe God, I remember first time we believed for a holiday, it would seem like it was impo- it would be impossible. But we set us out. You've got to start to put a goal towards it. Start putting money away. Start believing God. Uh, we would sow for holidays, and, and you know what? The, the time is the greatest times we have is when is on vacation. When we just got no schedules. No, it's important. God wants you to have. He took a day off. Come on, God, He wants you to have vacation. I know sometimes in our busy world, we don't do that. Or financially, when we've got young families or doing other things, we don't prioritize holidays. But I felt today that God was releasing that anointing. And I saw a little tip somewhere where someone, that every time they got a $5 note, they would put it in a little bag, like a lunch bag and put it away. Every time a $5 note was exchanged, they would put that away. And I thought, oh, that's a great idea. So every time now, this year I've got a $5 note, I'm putting it away. So I feel like at the end of the year, it's going to be my vacation money. You know, it only takes sometimes just a little bit here and there that we don't miss. Or maybe saying, I'm going to give up this and put that towards having. So by the time you get to the time of vacation, you've either got all the money or you've got two-thirds of it. But I feel like there's an anointing for that. that so um, we know how to vacation. We've passed that on to because we know it's important to pastors Brad and Sarah. And we always schedule that time out. But you know what? There was a time where I thought we'd never be able to afford a vacation. But once you believe God and have the faith for it, He releases it, then that's your land. Come on. It's your territory. So if you're needing that and wanting that, I want you just to stand this morning. I believe God's going to release that. Yeah, there's times God gives you discounts. You'll just be, you know, we get incredible but you know what type, you know, and be specific. What what type of holiday do you want? Now, if you can't at this stage afford going to a plane trip to somewhere, start don't start off well. Well, you could, I guess, if you want to go to Europe for six weeks. But be realistic. <laughs> You know, I know with us, we had to start where our faith was at and our faith has built, you know, and in that time. But mix with God, come on, to believe. God wants you to have rest, come on. He wants you to have vacation. He wants to fulfill the desires of your heart. What father would not? Come on, think about you as natural fathers or mothers. If you had the finances and your child needed a holiday or wanted to go somewhere, would you withhold from them? No, come on. So how much more is Heavenly Father? And He doesn't have a limit on budget. Come on, He owns the earth. 
So, Father, I thank you right now, Lord, that you even gave me that word this morning, that you there's an anointing, Lord, that you're releasing it. Father, I thank you, Father God. You're going to give ideas. You're going to give strategies. You're going to give plans. You're going to show people, Lord, how to plan, what to do. You know, some of you, there's been times where we've had to sow seed for a holiday. There's been times where we've had to bless others. There's been different things. You've got to get the God's strategy. But, Father, I thank you. Lord, you're releasing that anointing for vacations, for holidays, for time away, time together. Now, Lord, I thank you for it right now. Give them creative ideas from you, Father, how to do that, how to get that. They have the mind of Christ. Lord, asking you, you are our Father, and Lord, you want to bless us. You want us to have fun. Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' name. Amen.